You don't understand, so you find excuses. Illusions, indeed. You say you can't fit an enormous building into one of your smaller sitting rooms. No. But you've discovered television, haven't you? Yes. Then by showing an enormous building on your television screen, you can do what seemed impossible, couldn't you? Oh, yes, but I still don't... Not quite clear, is it? I can see by your face that you're not certain. You don't understand. <laughs> I, I knew you wouldn't. Never mind. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast, talking about Doctor Who. We're going to a classic episode. We're going to go back a little ways, and we'll go all the way back to the original uh, first episode called An Unearthly Child, written by Anthony Coburn, directed by Worris Hussan. And um, this is the first episode. This is first of everything. Everything, we see the TARS for the first time, we see the Doctor for the first time. Everything is firsts. Um, my name is Ken. Jeff. Julia. And so 1963, November 23rd. Uh, there's a little bit of history behind this episode. It was originally recorded uh, a week earlier, and they didn't like the way it came out, so they did it again. And they like this one a little bit better. They changed a few things, so if you uh, haven't watched the unaired pilot, seek it out because there's a few different changes. They talk about what year that the doctor comes from, and there's a couple other little minor little changes. Um, nothing spectacular. Um, this one um, was originally supposed to air the day before, but because of the Kennedy assassination, it was delayed a day. So, uh, a lot of history behind this one, <clears throat> but uh, let's talk about the episode itself and whether or not it was any good. Why would the show even continue after this one, Julia? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't this one also repeated before the second episode because of the Kennedy assassination? It was, and all, there was also a massive power outage yeah. in London at the time, and okay. so not that many people got to see it originally. Okay, so what do we guys think of it? Well, I liked the first episode of the four-parter. Thought it was, you know, it was a neat introduction to the Doctor, um, and then it all went downhill. <laughs> it's not a very strong episode after the first one, in my opinion. Even the second one, for the first few minutes, there's still. We're still learning about. I find it like a historically interesting because we're learning all about the doctor. This is the first. Like it was just so interesting because when we watched it for the first time, all of us, we didn't watch the first episode. There's only a few people out there that watched it from the beginning. Mm. They might think that they did, but they they're wrong. They're well, when was it first it broadcast in the United States? I mean, was it even broadcast back then? No, it would it would have shown up in PBS probably in the 80s? late eighties. So it been after, like, the first Doctor that we got in America, apart from some Pertwees uh, in, in some areas, was Tom Baker. So they went through, and they I think they even went to Peter Davison before they went back and started doing from the original. So and we did Pertwees next. Yeah, that's true. So it was a long time. So we had seen a lot of Doctor Who before we saw Earthly Child. So it was um, fascinating to see, because we had just seen pictures or read the book or whatever, so... It was amazing to see this and how it was going to set everything up. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, the first episode's great. Three, two, and four. 
it's your typical um, capture, escape, run around, capture, escape. It's they tried to make it interesting. It's supposed to be more of a historical type thing. Yeah, that's what they wanted. They wanted history and yeah. all that, and it was just and it's dull. kind of forgetful, for, uh, forgettable. I think I, I didn't watch this episode in preparation, naughty me. But um, I've seen the first part a hundred times, so that I know almost. But the other ones. It's okay. I mean, it's not the worst thing that we've got to get out of heart, no, but it's... You make definitely. fire, you be chief. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there it, it was a... I think it was in History of the World with the cavemen. I vaguely remember a scene from History of the World where there's cavemen. Yeah. And they're kind of making fun of that Barbara Bach... I think it was Ringo Starr who was in it. It was a movie about cavemen that was so bad. Yeah. I remember Caveman. And I think they were making fun of that in History of the World. Maybe. That's all I could think of when I watched part yeah. two. And I could, I, I shut it off. Yeah. You mean you didn't get to see when they put the skulls on the sticks and lit them on fire? Mm -hmm. There's some pretty neat imagery. I remember the skull imagery was pretty neat. And I get what they're going for. And that happens in a lot of class. When I start saying I get what they're going for, that means they didn't do a really good job with it, but or at least it doesn't come off as good now back many years later but um, but I get it I understand what they're trying to do and um, I appreciate it for what it is but definitely when I go to watch this episode if I do it during the anniversary to watch uh, the first episode I watch the first part and nothing else I don't even bother with the rest of it it's almost like it doesn't it's not even needed um, I thought the introductory, introductory uh, scenes with all the main ca characters that we're going to follow for the rest of the next couple of years or so was pretty good. I think they got the characters down fairly well for the most part. Um, you know, Susan was kind of interesting to start mm -hmm. with, and um, you know, they were all pretty neat. Um, I like how it, the sets and stuff like that again, the, the policemen and at the beginning, the lawn tracking shot. Um, from a, I, I look at it also from a from a technical point of how they do all that. It's basically a live shot. They didn't record it. They recorded it live, basically with one edit. And they you would when you watch every other episode, they try to limit the number of edits. They don't. They want. They don't want any edits as many as possible and, and they usually end up with a couple per episode but this one had one basic where they stopped it and then they went from outside the TARDIS to inside the TARDIS so I just it, it gives me more reason to watch it because then I, I look at it and it, maybe it's because it's not that interesting or I'm, I'm so used to it that I just watch the technical aspect but um, well, I think didn't they a, do that didn't the, they do that because they just didn't have the budget to edit things? Yeah, they didn't want you know they don't want to edit video. It was on videotape, so you, it's too expensive to video to edit video. So they want to try to do it as as often as po uh, no takes. And when they had film inserts, like they shot stuff on s or special effects that were done separately, they would actually cut to the B-roll in the studios. So this, the actors, while you're watching the Dalek ship landing or something, the actors are getting into their next. They're getting at the next scene. It's all, you know, in theory, it's all done live. I don't know how much of it really was done because 
if they messed up or something really, really went bad, they would have to cut it and then start over again. So that happened. But they, that's why you can see so many bloopers in the earlier years right. where they screw up and stuff. Cause they Especially with Hartnell flubbing his lines. Yeah. They just let it go because there's no... But this one, I just find it really fascinating. I, I, I really liked... Um, and they've gone back to this a couple of times. They went back to Totter's Lane a couple of times in other episodes, sort of, you know, uh, revisited that whole area or whatever. But um, but it was it was it was a pretty neat story. Good. Set. I thought it re really set up the series really good, really well. It really um, didn't give away too much. It just had just enough. So. Did you think? Maybe first impressions that the doctor could have been sort of an untrusting person because he kidnaps Ian and Barbara. He says, "Oh, they found out the ship worked to kidnap them, and off they went." Yeah, and even electrified the mm -hmm. the console. Yeah, well, he was kind of like that through the whole his whole reign. He was, you know, knocking people out in history, and <laughs> he just wasn't really the nicest doctor. I mean, he 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 was the one who wanted like he he didn't want to he wanted to leave. He didn't want to help people. He was just kind of there, just to, you know, I'm, you know, for his own purposes or whatever. He wasn't your typical like I'm going to save everyone by, you know, sacrificing. You know, it just he cared about his his companions and he did care about people later on, but he wasn't as blatant about it, which I found. So, do they ever explain where Susan came from? No. No. She's just with him, so we don't know if she's from Gallifrey, if she's somebody he picked up somewhere else. Well, he, he, he's he, she calls him her grandfather and her right. granddaughter, so that's it. I mean, there hasn't been anything that's talked about other than that, other than what if the new series did anything. We thought it was going to do something this last season. It didn't. <laughs> they kept showing Yeah, a they kept showing a picture on his desk. I, that's why I was wondering where... Still one more to go. Where she came from. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and there could be something in that, like you said. But So, and that's fine. I, I don't necessarily need every single thing answered in Doctor Who history. Um, when that happens, it starts to lose its magic a little bit. But, um, but, so, you know, it's a pretty good start, I think. I think it's kind of hard to judge the rest of the story because it's just, you know, a lot of the historicals are done much better. They don't do, they do historicals like, because the BBC drama department has all the historical costumes and everything from all the other stuff, so they seem to they do a better job. They save money that way. Hmm? In the early days, they save money by doing historical. Yeah. And so they, they do a much better job with those, but it's hard for them to do... Ugh, you know, cavemen and uh, stuff like yeah. that. It just uh, it wasn't even the cavemen that bugged me so much. It it was the and I know I say this a lot, but it just bugs the crap out of me. The women are always shrieking, always like like painfully shrieking, mm -hmm. and the way they the way they talk is I think especially Susan. She was very whiny. And like, oh my god, I don't know what I want to I just want to slap her across the face. Because, like, obviously this isn't your first go-round with this guy. You've been traveling with him for some time. Yeah. And you know what he does. Mm -hmm. Calm down. 
She never does. No. I mean, there, there's one episode that she's, they start to mess around with her and give her some sort of power or something, and that lasts one episode, I think, and that's it. Was she also, I know, I can't remember the, the episodes that we watched, but a lot of the action takes place in, like, a nightclub. No. That wasn't Susan? No. In that? That was, um... Ben and Polly. Ben and Polly and Dodo. Dodo oh, from yeah. War Machines. So they got someone. Yes, that was it. Well, they got someone that kind of you know looks a little bit like her or okay. whatever. But maybe that's why I was confused. Um, and not a very good comparison. Well, they're not. But um, I thought I thought that I love the combination of Ian and Barbara. Um, we see this at the beginning. They don't have a relationship per se. I guess since then there's been revisionists that said, oh yeah, they're they're a couple and stuff like that. They really aren't in the series. They care for each other, but there's no. The show is never going to go in that direction, or never did go in that direction. Obviously, when you look back at it now, they're obviously having sex in the TARDIS console room. But there's no evidence of that, but now there is because of revisionists and stuff like that. But I, I do like their their relationship, how they're in it together, and they're trying to just, you know, get back to their people, you know, back to their time and stuff after all this. But, um, uh, and Susan... <laughs> yeah, she wasn't really a good character, really thought out too well. Yeah. Well, I think that's sort of uh, a, a problem with stuff that was written back then. There were not a lot of great roles written for and women. that's why she left. Yeah. Because they didn't develop her that well, and so she said, I, so that's why she left. Yeah. I mean, I think Barbara is overall a really good female character, but she does her fair amount of screaming and, and and that type of thing. But she also has a couple of episodes where she's just st staying her ground and doesn't, like, you know, well, I guess in the second episode, she's the Dalek episode, she shrieks. But Well, that's the famous one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she has a lot more to do, and I think they tried to get Susan to get do a little bit more, but it was hard for them to do that. But I think this also, when you look at the early years, three people and a tar three companions, and they kept that formula for a while. It's a lot of people. And it took them a long time to realize that, and maybe this format made sense because just like an unearthly child, they would break apart and maybe one of them would stay with the doctor and one of them, two of them would go somewhere else and they would split up and they would do their own things and they meet all the characters in the show and then they come back at the end and that's what they did over and over and over and over again. And I guess they still do that today to a degree, but it's hard to do that when you have just a short period of time to deal with it. Now, back in time, they had, this is four parts, but they had other parts that was seven or whatever. It's like, well, what are we going to do? we got to introduce all these characters? Well, let's have two characters disappear for three episodes while they're off doing something else. And that's why they had so many characters, companions. Mm -hmm. but, um, <clears throat> but it was neat to see how it worked in this one. And, it's a blueprint for the rest of the series, so... Yeah, I think as much as I, uh, you know, uh, I didn't mind Rose, but I know a lot of people didn't like Rose, at least she had some sort of street smarts, you know, and she was not a total pushover, and she didn't spend all of her time screaming mm -hmm. and waiting to be rescued. Yeah. I found other characters more, you know, damsel in distress kind of characters. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, in the new Who... Um, yeah. But yeah, I really dislike that. I think that's one of my main beefs with the old series. And there's exceptions, and there's episodes that are exceptions. It depends on the writer. Well, yeah. 
but um, I think overall. that's why I liked Ace so much. I know I've only seen one episode with Ace, and it was a terrible episode. <laughs> terrible with that Candyman monster guy. Oh yeah. Um, but I liked her as a character. Mm -hmm. I thought she was well written. Yeah, they had started. To, they it took them a while, but they started to figure it out, and they started to do a. a uh, maybe maybe Ace was one of the first ones, and that was the last one of the classic series. But yeah. um, there were a few other exceptions, obviously. But Sarah Jane was sort of an exception. I, yeah. Except you know they still yell and they still trip and mm -hmm. break their ankles or whatever. But well, they do bring Susan back in Big Fish, and she's a bit better than she was. Yeah, I'm sure Big Fish. Yeah, they. Did Fish makes job every companion better, every doctor better, probably. Um, those are the audio books? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can listen to any of those. Yeah. So, uh, any final words on Unearthly Child? I Just watch the watch. first episode and skip the next three. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see it again. And then go right on to Dump. I mean, it really wasn't the Unearthly Child that... that cemented the series and to keep going it was the the next one which is the daleks and after that it just took off and and you know became really popular so this one you know if it started with daleks i don't know if it would have been any different but this one wasn't the strongest one of the season um no first episodes rarely are yeah it's true They're you know there. you think about the shows now that are like iconic shows mm -hmm. like I can think of very few that start off with great first episodes. I well, think West Ham had a great first episode. It took Star Trek two pilots to get picked up. It took yeah. Buffy a whole season to get yeah. into its groove. I mean, the first episode of Buffy is yeah, it's 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 tough. It's hard to watch that sometimes because it's so weird. Like, they get a really good job directing and editing later on, but yeah, yeah. So. Um, I guess that's it for our three child. Thanks for listening.